Well, good day. Testing how this uh, new podcast app works, but also explaining the new podcast, Buddhism with a Soul. It's not that uh, Buddhism is lacking a soul. They just don't often teach it. Uh, it's why I follow Tantric Buddhism, because I believe that we need to teach the first seven types of uh, consciousness uh, and the eighth and even ninth, because once you've managed yourself, you still have to navigate. And I talked about this before, what began this particular journey into what is or isn't missing from Buddhism was when I was giving a tour in a uh, Buddhist museum. And there was a gentleman that came in. I, I was uh, a practitioner of, of uh, Bharatan uh, philosophy. He was either a Vedantin monk or Shabbist monk or an Ishkan monk. I'm not sure, and it doesn't matter to the story. He was uh, brought and left by his entourage so he could look around. So obviously I thought he'd want to look around all by himself, but no, he wanted the regular, you know, tour. And we ended up discussing about things. And he asked me my personal opinion, what the difference between Vedant uh, and uh, Buddhism, right? A non-dualist uh, Hindu type perspective versus a Buddhist perspective. And I said it was the soul. And of course, in this short little interaction, we couldn't get into the, the deep details. And he said, well, what is it they have? I just explained it's suchness. And if he really wanted to get into what I meant by that, and if he had understood that I wasn't actually a Pure Land Buddhist, even though this museum was attached to a Pure Land Buddhist temple, it's actually a tantric Buddhist, so I understood what he was getting at. I don't see a difference between the Buddhist soul being suchness or the Vedantin idea of the Ataman. To me, they're the same thing. But again, it wasn't until he asked this and I actually started to think about it that I actually realized that after having spent 20 plus years at that point, probably closer to 30, having studied myself, that's probably where the problem began, uh, studying Buddhism myself, that uh, it was then that I realized uh, that they had uh, messed up, so particularly in the West. I mean, I've mentioned some of the things that I've, I've talked about, how they don't teach mindfulness and meditation properly. And most of the major uh, celebrities in Buddhism in the West uh, are just wrong in both who they follow, what they believe and what they teach even. And it gets worse from there. But what I've come to realize is they're among the few these loud, brash uh, practitioners of sort. In reality, the majority of uh, actual practitioners are quietly uh, slogging away in the trenches. Uh, the joke I make about the difference between a good Buddhist and a bad Buddhist, the good Buddhist will admit that they're bad at implementing these teachings, these lessons. And the bad Buddhist will say how good they are. So here I sit uh, wondering if the real problem isn't just the lack of commitment on the practitioner's part, but also 
a lack of proper either understanding or willingness to teach that uh, Buddhism may be atheist, but that doesn't mean it is a numa or a psyche or a uh, atman. It definitely has the idea of a soul. It is not unlike the Vedantin idea of Shakti. I don't see much of a difference between them. The only difference I see is it's not taught in Buddhism. The importance of whatever you'd want to consider it, life force, your breath. Right? I mean, I've talked about this before that Again, it's not the main translation, but if you look at Dukkha and Sukha in Sanskrit, Du and Su means uh, bad and good. Uh, Ka can also mean uh, air. So a bad air or a good air, I mean, it fits with the idea of uh, breath uh, being uh, a synonym for soul in the Greeks, in the Hebrew, in the Chinese, in in Sanskrit, in Pali, in Marathi, you can't deny this simple truth that everyone's looking for an understanding. This comes probably as a final nail in the coffin is when I read a book by a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Rez, Rezla Aslan. I believe he's uh, he's an Islamic practitioner, but uh, having read his book, on God, as in an agnostic atheist Buddhist, I was shocked to understand that, well, it's not the belief in God. It doesn't matter whether Buddhism is atheist or uh, agnostic, or it doesn't matter because we're not talking about God. What we're talking about is the soul. And the reason why I was uh, pleasantly surprised to hear this is that uh, Rezla Aslan argues that the birth of religion, the birth of God, we're going back in time, right? Uh, God gave birth to religion, not the other way around. But what came first? Well, he believes it was our belief or our understanding of the nature of our existence, of the soul, of the gestalt of being, as we call it, when you understand that even a child, not having been taught about any of these theories, a child themselves realize that they are more than the sum of their parts. A child understands that they're more than just their body, that even their consciousness is something metaphysical in a sense. That first we gave birth to the understanding of uh, the gestalt of our being, this uh, duality within non-duality, the fact that uh, we are uh, body and mind and soul, none of which can be separated, in my opinion, right? An embodied consciousness or soul means that without the body, there would be no need for, therefore, probably no uh, existence of consciousness or soul. But in reality, when we look at this, when we see the children realize that we have something more 
doesn't matter what you label it, call it suchness, call it Tathagata uh, Garbha, your Buddha nature, call it the Atman, the Atma, Numa, uh, Psyche, uh, Chit, Chitta. It doesn't matter. The, the truth that is universal across all of these uh, belief systems and around the world is that we have something special. There's something special to us that we have this potential. When I was actually listening to a psychologist talk about this, and he misses, and he even quoted Nietzsche, but he missed what Nietzsche was getting at. And Nietzsche talked about there is a reason why we believed in our gods. And part of it was the fact that we judge ourselves less than. I mean, there's a quote, essentially, he said, uh, man would be God if it weren't for his baser natures, or I like to translate it as a man would be God if it wasn't for his stomach. This idea that if we weren't so self-defacing, if we weren't uh, so low in self-esteem, we wouldn't attribute great ideas and great accomplishments to something outside of ourselves, we would understand that we are this moonshot goal. We are these stretch goals. That's what human to be human is, right? That's what the soul is. The soul is the fact that, well, even as Ellen Langer, uh, one of uh, an early promoters of mindfulness, truly closer to the original teachings, a, a ceaseless awareness that you carry throughout the day to improve your life and to reduce your trauma and yada, yada, yada. She says that we are a self-limiting being, that placebo proves that we can do more than we can believe possible. In fact, we can do more than science can even explain. We can heal cancer with positive thoughts. It sounds like pseudoscience, but it's not. That's the placebo. Is the placebo, the pneuma, the, the, the soul that uh, we must understand? The only thing missing is to sanctify this simple truth. It is such a danger in Buddhism, uh, nihilism, apathy. And I think it's sourced strictly in the fact that they don't emphasize the importance of the soul. Without this understanding that we are more than just a lump of clay, we are a metaphysical being. Yes, I'm a metamodernist, so I believe that truly to move forward, we need to embrace our past as well as our potential, leaving tradition, which is peer pressure from dead people in the past, but learning from the past. As Aldous Huxley said, worse than the truth that so few uh, understand the, the truism that we can learn so much from history. Worse is the truth that we know for a fact that people will not learn 
So that's stupidity. If you go back to the Latin, it means they're either willfully ignorant, ignoring these simple truths that they know will better their lives, or they're so traumatized, so uh, stupefied that they're unable to see the truth because they're so uh, trapped in the past or a doomerism of the future, which is so so inevitable if you continue uh, to self-deface uh, <laughs> the, the human experience. When, when we forget that we have a negativity bias and start applying this negativity to our own humanity, you are going to find ample examples of why we are a dark and troubled soul. But at the same time, I've talked about this uh, umpteen times, that the beauty of the human is in a group of a hundred. It takes a much larger group to convince the majority to commit something heinous. But it takes so few to act as an example. Uh, for positive good. I was talking to a friend of mine and uh, it's actually a, a critique that I apply to both Nietzsche and Jung. In Nietzsche's, uh, well, actually in more than one work, he talks about the beauty of Buddhism. But the problem with Buddhism is that there aren't enough people to live selflessly for others, right? This equanimity, upekka, upeksha in Sanskrit and Pali. This idea that we are a oneness, a panentheism, if you'd like. This idea that everything is infused with uh, uh, the divine, right? I call it providence. Uh, that which makes flowers grow is the same idea that brings us uh, our passions, our creativity, as well as some of the darker aspects. But the denial of these simple truths. I mean, trying to chalk it up to a belief in God or a religion is ridiculous, right? To be one of these new atheists who might argue that spirituality or being spiritual is an atheistic term, it's absolutely wrong because they're saying they're atheists, they're against, say, a sky daddy, but in reality, they're against the idea of humanity being something more than the sum of its parts. They deny not only the soul, but the infinite potential that we store within us, that we tend to uh, subjugate to some of these silly beliefs, right? Self-limiting beliefs. We believe that we aren't something special. We believe that we aren't something magical. When in reality, science has shown us Right? The difference between uh, an uber elite athlete, so the top, top of their sport, the difference between them and the 500th best in their sport. Yes, being uh, in the top 500 in the world in your sport is an amazing feat. But what's more amazing is the difference between the top 500 
and the the first and and the the, the last there's there's a difference of 500 uh, variations on skill level but the the only real difference is a mental attitude it 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 boils down to less than 1% and it's funny because that fits into the the whole uh cliche idea of how much does a soul weigh. It's mind-boggling to realize that we will establish with science that the only difference between, uh, you know, a regular talented athlete and the most talented athlete on the planet, the only difference is mental mindset, is commitment, devotion, and confidence. That's the difference. That is the soul of humanity. The potential, even the most lowliest among us can be the greatest. If given the proper support, they even did studies of this. They actually uh, gave half a, a group of humans, children, students, adults. They've done it in multiple different ways. Half a group uh, of students and said, oh, here's your critique, right? Because I'm hoping to improve versus I see potential in you. So here's the critique because I think you can improve. Twice as many human beings, when given that confidence, the support, the belief that we don't have internally, that we look for externally, just like a guru, Half of those humans did better the next time. And twice as many of them wanted to do better because of the confidence. Not from themselves, obviously. So this is why it goes back to the uh, the Greek nothisotan, uh, to know thyself. Right. First, you have to understand many of our experiences today. Sartre was not wrong in the idea that we're made of our experience. But we're not cast in stone. We're cast in clay. The human mind is the most plastic, uh, I'd say the most plastic uh, thing on the planet because it's the greatest computer and it's the greatest uh, uh, potential. There is, right? Uh, how many times have we seen people be able to rewire their brain in ways that science didn't think was possible, right? Survive injuries that science thought was absolutely impossible. I mean, there's individuals that had pieces of their brain uh, knocked out in an industrial accident who continued to live on. But at the same time, uh, simple um, concussion can change who and, and who we are as an individual. It's the gestalt, right? It goes back to the original teachings of the gestalt. It was the idea of you can't heal the body without healing the mind. You can't heal the mind without healing the body, but it goes one step further, maybe even to meta gestalt, this idea that the soul is the third in this trinity, right? Of mind and body and soul. Because 
There's something that exists beyond the individual. 